1: 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au. 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Currently Australian Eastern Standard Time, although getting close to daylight savings time in a few weeks. Uh, 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations at the overlap of Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. And we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging Hello to any Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, First Nations peoples tuning in. You're very, very welcome. And all the lands were stolen and never ceded. And, oh dear, I'm Sally Goldner suffering hay fever in this warm Melbourne slash Nam Spring weather. Uh, Have water bottle on standby. And the show is out of the croak. No, it's out of the pan, covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And there's lots of ways to get in touch with the program. You can email out of the pan eight five five at gmail.com, dot com, SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five, tweet at Sal Goldshead. So also Mastodon, Blue Sky, and Instagram uh, for that one. And out of the pan, 3CR 855 A Melbourne and my page, Sally Goldner on Facebook. And remember, any opinions I express on the show on my own, you can also write in, just can't deal with that instantaneously. PO Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Don't expect there'll be any uh, content notes on today's show, but if there are, we'll give you the numbers as needed. Well, we got the wrestling references going in about uh, 49 seconds today because uh, I'm doing some... Well, intersectional radio, if I can call it that. Um, we opened up with the demolition theme from the 80s. Here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. And we're going to talk wrestling and allyship today because um, I have a guest um, on the Zoom lines and um, who's, um, um, well, covers both. I'll just introduce um, to the 3CR airwaves Jamie Apps. Jamie, welcome to
2: 3CR. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here and have a have a little chat today about wrestling and all sorts of other issues.
1: Yeah, wrestling and allyship because um I um hadn't quite put all the the moves together, so to speak, that um you had previously written for Star Observer and um also were are interested in wrestling, which we want to talk about. I'll just I'll just um, start the match somewhere with the sequence. How how did you know? How did you get into wrestling? What's your earliest memories of it? I suppose might be a good place to start.
2: Uh, so my very earliest memory of wrestling is flipping through the channels on what was at the time OzStar before it became Foxtel, and the first person that caught my eye was Sting on WCW sitting in the rafters looking down on somebody preparing to begin a big feud with them and from there i watched a lot of wcw then i discovered uh, at the time i think it was still wwf mhm yeah watching all of those in i think when i first started they were still on at like 8:30 at night on fox sports yep eventually they shifted over and they became the after school programming, which I was was much much better as a young sort of early teen being able to watch it at three o'clock rather than um, 8.30 at night trying to be up and ready for school the next day.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. So you, you got, um, well, the Attitude Era um, and um, well, the Monday Night Wars, which is um, very, very cool, um, considered one of the You know, the sort of great parts of of wrestling. Um, You know, I unfortunately missed that. I was um, not able to afford to watch that at the time. But, you know, tell, what was it like watching it at the time? Because it just, it was, you know, even looking at it now, it's still, you know, just such an incredible part of of wrestling and, um, you know, um, and what it did. Yeah. What can you, what were your thoughts and feels at the time?
2: Uh, I loved it. I I thought it was just like, it was one of the most crazy things on TV at the time. Like it was superheroes, but also like sport and violence. And I loved like the the sport aspect as well, because I was always watching rugby league or cricket or some form of sport. And then when I found wrestling, it was kind of the blending of the sports love with the the kind of the superhero stuff that as a kid was something I was also into mm-hmm. so I think it was like that perfect blending of my passions at the time.
1: Well, yeah, as pioneering. Um, heel commentator Jesse Ventura would say, um, "What is it? Wrestling is a mixture of ballet with violence," um, which sounds, which is not too far off the mark. It is a dance, um, and it is quite amazing. So, you, you know, you've been there. Well, you know, um, that's coming up for. I'm just doing some mentalism. Coming up for, well, between twenty five and thirty years. That's a long time. Um you know, after the you know, obviously WCW had its demise, um, for you know, reasons which are a long story. After that, um, you know, sort of where, where has it um been favourites for you both on the we'll say bigger, more known international scene and also um on you know, local scene. Where where's that been for you?
2: Uh so it was WWE for pretty much as long as they were kind of the only a uh, place in town. Then TNA popped up on Star as well, watched a bit of those. And then in 20, around 2012, 2013, I sort of discovered US independent wrestling through Ring of Honor mm-hmm. uh, and seeing that sort of being available online while I was at uni. And at that time in August of 2013, I went to my first local Australian indie show, which was uh PWWA, the PWA's all women's promotion at the time. Ooh. And that was that was my first experience of live Australian wrestling. And I was blown away by how good all of these women were in Australia. I was like, why are these people not traveling all over the world? And then I came to learn that yeah, half of them were. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well look it, you know it is an interesting thing and there's a bit of debate just leaping forward a bit in the local scene that you know sort of there's a bit of a gap at the moment because the really good women at let's say about the 3 to 6 year mark are going overseas and you can't blame them for that but where does that leave the local scene now I don't know if that's strictly true it's a debate that's there but and we've got some wonderful you know women at all levels but are there enough um, and it, you know, there is, there was debated during the week from a, I think a very well-meaning fan saying, why aren't there more women booked? And it does lead to an interesting, and I'm going to add in, of course, non-binary people. Um, you know, what, um, what, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that that's accurate? And do you think even if it's not, what can we do to get more, um, you know, a very great relevance to this show? We'll say gender equity into Australian wrestling.
2: I did see that whole debate as well, and I think it's it's very much a state-by-state state issue, I think, because uh-huh. if we look at New South Wales, where I am, and PWA, there are women, non-binary people all up and down those cards uh-huh. every show because they do intergender wrestling. They don't really divide the genders or anything up mm. on the shows, so you can have... A Charlie Evans versus a Ricky Seath or like we're getting in a couple of weeks, Jessica Troy versus Ricky South for the top title in the promotion. And that's believable and totally warranted in their, their promotion because they've built Jess up as just a legitimate uh, competitor. She can fight anybody and believably beat all of these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas I think if you look at sort of Victoria and some of the other states, they do clearly delineate between the men's and women's rosters. Um, I know MCW have sort of softened that a little Mm. bit with Delta, but she's kind of the only one that they've allowed to cross that boundary. And I think that's where, that's where you start, start to get the lack of women on shows, because if you can only have, like if you've only got two women, well, there's only going to be one match, but if you've got five women, but you want to spread them out across the card, you can do that.
1: Yeah, it does seem to seem to vary. Um, you know, sort of, um, I was um, at Adrenaline Pro Wrestling last night and there was a good range of women, um, including the fact that the Tag Team Championship across the whole promotion is held by two women, which is really awesome. Um, and yeah, agree with you with what's happening. With, you know, I think there's a reasonable comment there in terms of MCW, though it would appear, and I'm totally, totally speculating in that regard. Um, you know, now that um, Jarvis has both the w- MCW Inter Commonwealth title, and you know, I still have some issue with this holding the women's title. Delta's possibly going to win both of them back, and then one wonders whether that will be the end of the women's title, and they'll just have another proverbial mid to lower card title. So. Um, it, it is an issue, and also credit to Deathmatch down under, down here, who don't have any gendered titles at all, which um, you know, blew uh, happily blew my mind. I have to say when I was getting immersed more into the local scene um, earlier this year. So yeah, it does seem to some seem to vary, and it's how you book it, and how you work it, and all those sorts of things, and how you can build up the talent, which would be really cool.
2: I think it's better for the, the women and the non-binary performers as well to be able to get in there with some of these guys that have lots of experience like a, a Slex or an Adam Brooks or Mick Moretti and people like that who are at that higher level so the women and the non-binary people can improve and get to that similar level. So yeah, we won't have that big sort of talent gap when – someone like a Shazza McKenzie or a Steph Delander go across to the U.S.
1: Absolutely agree. And I mean, look, last year it was awesome to see, um, to use a wrestling word, it was awesome to see um, at the two-night event down here, which we had in October, which brought promotions together, you had um, Jessica Troy um, wrestle Robbie Eagles, which was like sensational um, and an absolute um, barn burner of a technical match. So, yeah, really, really good to see. Um, you know, Out of the Pan is a show that um, does cover queer issues, and we've touched on it a bit with women and non-binary, and um, not so much yourself, but you, On um, just shifting gears a, a bit, you wrote for Star, um, the Queer Paper Star Observer. How did you end up there, um, if I can ask?
2: Uh, so I was originally at uh, Alt Media working as the editor or arts editor for their publication, The City Hub. Uh And then Alt Media ended up purchasing uh, Star Observer and, like, taking it over and publishing the Star Observer, at which point they kind of needed someone to help out that had editing experience. Right. So I I stepped in and helped uh, doing initially just sort of the print edit, doing that, and then eventually sort of building up and becoming, for a, a brief period there, the overall editor of the entire thing. And then I realised I was burning myself out doing two papers plus all my own creative endeavours. I was like, I need to scale back and I went back to just a proofing editor and then eventually stepped away fully.
1: Yeah, So, I mean, you were in there as editor, but you also ended up doing stories. I mean, and one, which was of, I have to, this is where we actually, um, you know, sort of bring the gears back together. It was your story on, um, the book Inside My Squared Circle by Ken Dazzle Dunlop that alerted me to that and helped me um, connect with Shoreline Publishing and have Ken back on the show, Ken on the show back in May, which I repeated that one a couple of weeks ago when I was away. And um, so I'm, I'm really <laughs> grateful that you did that. But if if i be a little dry, humid, tongue-in-cheek and can out you as a cisgender, heterosexual man, um, mm. you know, how, what, how did you... Was there anything that you had to be aware of? Because this is of great importance. Allyship is something that we all need in our rainbow communities and, of course, in greater degrees at the moment for trans people. Um, You know, what sort of issues did you have to consider there for, you know, writing for Star Observer and editing um, in terms of, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, that you might have had to consider there, Jamie?
2: Uh, for me, I think the biggest learning curve was on the sort of trans issues because I personally hadn't sort of been around anybody that had been or has been in trans previously. So it was a lot of learning like the pronouns and uh, the, the naming conventions, especially when people have transitioned fully and learning all of that. That was, that was my biggest learning curve, but I think I had people there that were able to really guide me on that and we learned pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. How, how, you know, so let's drill into that a bit more. So, I mean, you know, um, where did you turn to for learning? Um, you know, sort of what sort of things did you learn along the way and, you know, had, you know, was there major, you know, sort of any major shifts in, in learning, you know, any sort of light, big light bulb moment?
2: I think we did a story on Danny Laidley, uh-huh, and that was yes. like, that was the big one where I really needed to like drill down and knuckle up on it because I, I knew that was going to be a big story and we had two or three trans writers at the time. So I sort of spent a bit of time with them and sort of discussing what the process was like for them and what is and isn't appropriate when, sort of editing these stories on changing pronouns or, like, how they would use pronouns and things like that. And a lot of the time it was like, yeah, we need to physically reach out to these people and find out what their pro- preferred pronouns are because, like, you don't necessarily think, oh, they, they've they transitioned to this, so now they just use she, her or he, him. And yeah. They might be using they, them, and it's not necessarily obvious until you actually speak to them and find out
1: yeah, absolutely. If you don't know, um just ask respectfully is a good principle and um if you can find them somewhere where someone has made their own call, then that's the go. So yeah, it is really good and we should um mention if um that um Tuesday night on Stan the Danny Laidley documentary premieres and I declare a, if I can declare a small interest in that, yours truly was interviewed for that and um goes to a, um, as Daryl Summers would have said, a Galar event tomorrow night to launch it. Um, or as Stone Cold Austin, Steve Austin would have said, Redneck Heaven, I think I'm going to get some free food and free drink or something. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, I love but,
2: those promotional events.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I get to glam up for, for a change um, out, of the, out of the gym gear. But um, seriously, yeah, look, it is really, really Im- important that um, we – you know, that we do the education. If you don't know something, you go and learn. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but we don't sometimes in our communities. We don't perhaps stop and rethink. We don't communicate. We don't check in and we think we know and we don't real. Maybe we don't realize we have a block or unconscious bias, but okay. So if you only have that block once and then you fix it, then that's the main thing. So it is really important to do that. Were there any sort of like I'll, you know you mentioned the Danny Laidley story and i i would agree with that i mean i think um danny's remarkable one of our listeners um um jenny um messaged me last week with a great article in the um age sydney morning herald good weekend supplement on danny which was a really good um article and showed her emotional intelligence and um jenny got your message about a current event in the situation in the community which i'll get to later in the show just um hold um, hold that one, um, in the corner, so to speak for now. Um, but yeah, were there any other memorable stories, um, in your time at Star Observer? Any moments we'll say, whether they were happy, sad, dramatic, whatever, um, anything stand out that, um, comes to mind? Uh,
2: we got to do, I was there for the World Pride, uh, events. They were very exciting to cover, for me personally, I got to interview Neil Patrick Harris ahead of the release of Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. and as as a movie buff, that was a very exciting moment for me. Uh, and then um, some of the sad stories were, yeah, uh, people going missing and then finding out that they passed away or being mm-hmm. killed. They were they were very heavy stories to cover especially because they were quite drawn out and there was a long period of covering it and just constantly being in that that process of looking into things, finding new new information out and then sort of us as a group having to sit there and work out, okay, what do we publish? What do we withhold at the moment and not spoil a potential investigation?
1: Yeah, I um, will just... I'll play ultra safe there if there is anything distressing in that particular piece of content which we do need to discuss um, q life including switchboard here in Victoria one eight hundred one eight four five two seven rainbow door one eight hundred seven two nine three six seven and just on that note um, down here, the Victorian coroner has announced um, an inquest in, uh, into the deaths of five unrelated trans people, including Bridget Flack, who passed away, I think it was the end of 2021. Um, and I think that's a really good approach because a coronial inquiry um, can, you know, sort of not be sort of hijacked, I think, to, some, to a large extent by people who, let's say, don't have the interests of, in our opinion, don't have the interests of trans people at heart. And I think this will really get to the bottom of why what's going on for the trans community I want to say get to the bottom provide further evidence in a very um, structured and compassionate setting and I think there's been good um, practice put in just sort of what we were talking about on use of name in use and pronouns in use and that sort of thing so as much as that's difficult and I would acknowledge any pain in that for friends and family of those who were lost um, I think that this is a good idea that will really um, you know, benefit the trans community certainly in Victoria probably all around Australia who will be able to take you know, huge, carefully gathered factual evidence from it. So, you know, it's the sort of journalism that you did, um, you know, which was considerate and balanced and factual, um, you know, that does help our communities. And so we need that allyship. So thank you, you know, so much for that, um, because we, you know, um, we need people in there who can, you know, just sort of, um, you know, be with us, um, particularly, as I said, in these challenging times.
2: Yeah, of course, um, and I think that was probably one of the big things I learned as well, that there are still a lot of issues for the queer community in terms of acceptance and uh, homophobia and things like that. That I guess when the mar- marriage laws were changed, a lot of the straight community just kind of, went, okay, everything's normal now, mm. and it's definitely not, and that was a big eye-opening thing working at Star Observer for the time I did.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a big issue that um, we haven't, um, you know, sort of really got around to that unfortunately that whole marriage is the end of the rainbow was an important win, but it was really, in, and I've said this many times on this show, it was a gay and le- predominantly a gay and lesbian issue, um, and unfortunately there are many trans, I have to say this as well, many Trans by people for whom I can speak, and others for whom I can't. But I believe they would. Many would say this felt thrown under the bus by the small target sort of, you know, white picket fence campaign approach, and that um, perhaps it you know opened the door even a millimeter for some of the extremism whilst it was already there and opened it further. And you know, I don't think we've. I'm not sure we've fully learnt from that uh, mistake. Everyone makes mistakes or errors of judgment but if we're not learning from them then Houston we have a problem. Mm. Let's bounce it back. Um you are you're involved in many things. Let's um come back to um, tag back in the wrestling. Um and um you're involved in Australian wrestling cards. How did you get into that and what what's that all about?
2: Uh so Australian wrestling cards is an independent trading card little business that I created. Uh roughly Christmas time last year was when the idea first popped into my head after watching some a e w and w w e and I went to e w g as well in the states and while I was there 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 was a fan fan created set of trading cards for all of the people competing in the Battle of Los Angeles tournament that year, which included Robbie Eagles. Uh, Adam Brooks and at the time Jonah Rock, now Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my impetus for travelling over there for three days and coming straight home after three days, which was a bit crazy.
1: <laughs> got over but, the jet lag yet? Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. So yeah, went went over there and got those cards, and then came home and was watching the wrestling on TV, and they were promoting their trading cards, and I looked around and went, "Wait a second, Australia has never had." Like a trading card for the wrestlers that's I know Mick Moretti tried to do a limited run of cards for himself, but when you're printing trading cards, bigger quantities mean mm. lower prices per cards. Plus. So that was my whole idea. Let's let's make a more of a national branded trading card that covers all of Australia rather than just partnering with in, individual promotions or just doing it on a one-by-one basis. I was like, let's let's include everyone and try and open people's eyes to the breadth of talent that we have all over this country. So when people buy a pack of cards, they might get someone from PWA, someone from MCW, Earth, Adelaide. Uh, I've got some people from Queensland, Tasmania lined up for the next lot as well. So I think that's the coolest part that I've found, getting messages from people being like, I don't know who this person is, but now I'm looking at every single wrestling company when they announce shows, like, is this person going to be on this show? And then they, they check it out to see that person and they might find five more other people that they love.
1: Well, there's the thing. We've got um, more more wrestling going um, in my best lou richard's commentary voice it's best for wrestling um to combine some commentary uh, um, genres there so you know look i think it's great and of course the promotions are going to love it the wrestlers are going to love it because it gives them you know some sort of um visibility and i'm not sure i'm not going to ask about but i'm sure there's some sort of financial benefits as well um for everybody (laughs) so um yeah yeah.
2: that's something i want to stress i all of the wrestlers get a payment for being involved. All of the photographers that supply photos yep. get a payment as well. So everybody is looked after on that end.
1: Sensational. Um, that's that's what we like. Um, we'll do some Daniel Bryan Yes Chants on that front, um, which is, um, you yeah, know, just really, really good. And, um, you know, look, it's just it – is, it is, you know, just I suppose – you know, look, this is just, it's something personal here, but, um, you know, look, to find these intersections of, um, you know, sort of queer and allies in wrestling, um, it's sort of helping bring parts of me together quite personally, um, which is, you know, sort of really, um, really important. Um, you know, we, we all like to be our total authentic selves, that's in parts of our identity, but also the things that we love. Um, you know, I think its it's just really great that all all this happens and um you know it's just great to meet people like yourselves who have the passion for this um strange proclivity as i sometimes like to call it and yeah, it's a and very strange hobby it's a, all it is a very strange thing i mean the question that i still ask myself which i still can't quite answer is why i love wrestling and i don't have an answer (laughs) because i just it does does maybe it's like falling in love um you just do and you don't exactly have a logical intellectual analytical um case but you just know it's there and um i think it's really really awesome um we might just grab a quick message um or two and um then i'll um we'll come back and um you know sort of um see if there's Um, See what else there is to cover Um, You're on Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Jamie Apps Talking uh, wrestling and allyship Tagging each other in 3CR 855 AM 3CR Digital 3CR.org.au 3CR On Demand Out of the Pan with Sally Wage is the symptom
0: of the problem
1: What we're seeing is obscenely well-remunerated vice-chancellors.
0: It's appalling how badly universities have been treating their casual workers.
1: They want to pretend that they can continue on with business as usual. Well, comrades, we're here to say no. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855
3: on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
0: 3CR is community owned and operated and because of its subscriber base it is free of any financial dependence help to sustain a truly independent radio service by subscribing online at www.3cr.org.au or by ringing the station on 9419 8377 and pressing one on the keypad to subscribe
1: 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand. Out of the pan with um, Sally with the Husky Hay Fever voice um, on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. And my guest is still on the line, Jamie Apps um, on, on the Zoom lines. Jamie, there was one other thing that we've got to mention, and you now, um, as well as your wrestling pursuits, um, have um, your your right for and have your own arts magazine, which I think is obviously of great relevance, given the number of queer um, sort of artsy people who are out there. So, um, yeah, do tell us.
2: Uh, so, yeah, it's Pario magazine and our tagline is exploring the desire to create. Uh, and, yeah, we just chat to people who have this weird desire to create stuff, whether it is wrestling. Uh, Music, art, acting, dance. Uh, We've had a few athletes as well. And it's just all about why they want to do it and what drew them down that road. Similar to us loving wrestling a lot of the time, they're not entirely sure. And they also, a lot of the time, cannot separate themselves outside of their art and inside of their art. They're all interlinked and they can't, can't separate those things.
0: Ooh,
1: um, that's <laughs> that's giving me some personal light bulbs. Um, um, <laughs> um, yeah that that ooh, <laughs> that's really really yeah got uh, had me stopping and thinking live as we go to air, um, which is quite amazing. I'm going to have to um, reflect on that myself at some point. Um, whatever my particular art forms are, yeah, very very true. And look, we need you know, to promote and support our artists as well, as I said. And so I think it's really great that you do that. And you've got also do freelance writing as well. Um, You know, and the main, I'm going to ask, um, do you think your life is um, to use a wrestling analogy, going up life's card and is going in the right direction in terms of how all of the parts of you come together?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, The magazine is growing slowly, but steadily as well. And, The Australian wrestling cards, I've been blown away with how quickly they have grown. Uh, When I initially had the idea, I made 50 sets, thinking they would take me all of this year to sell, and we sold out in two and a half months. So then I had to launch a second lot of 50 in August, and I think I have less than 20 packs of the 150 packs we made oh wow so yeah it's it's been crazy and so with the success i'm already like looking at okay let's begin the plans for the 2024 stuff and try and get ahead of it a little bit more than what i had initially where i quickly got a set ready printed and done within like a month and a half and this time i'm like i'm gonna not Absolutely burn myself out Mm. getting stuff done in such a short period, balancing all of the creative things.
1: And you also, I think, had a – did you have a special set made for the recent Renegades Game Changer tour as well?
2: Uh, Yes, I've been very fortunate to be able to partner with uh, OPW and Impact for the Impact tour in Wagga. We made a set for them. And then Renegades reached out to me just before their tour and we partnered up and made sets for them as well.
1: Too awesome. Um yeah. Uh, there's that word again. <laughs> Multiple wrestling references today, as we might expect. Jamie, I think we've got it covered. I just really appreciate your time um and and passion and you know, your creativity and allyship, um, as I said. Um queer people um, particularly trans but also bi and for that although you know i don't want to speak for a group i don't identify with um many people with variation of sex characteristics and still need that support and so people like yourselves on that front um do do us great assistance and well uh, i'll tag in anyone who's passionate about wrestling so thanks for tagging in on the show
2: today thank you very much and i love everything you're doing as well it's always good to spread the wrestling passion out to people not necessarily in the crazy wrestling bubble. Well, yeah, it seems that, um, lots of, lots of queer
1: people haven't, you know, or haven't quite caught on and now, now they are. So who knows, maybe, um, we can, uh, form, form a new faction. Uh, there's another analogy, but we'll keep them coming. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Jamie. Have a great Sunday and, um, yeah, keep going well. Thank you very much. Jamie apps on three CR there. Um, talking all things wrestling, queer and allyship. Um, We'll have some music, then I'll come back to Jenny's query and some other news that's happening uh, more on the direct queer front and perhaps explain why I'm talking a little about wrestling more recently. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR 855 AM 3CR digital 3cr.org.au 3CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. We just heard from Ian Moss from 1991's worlds away and cards will fall um, dedicated to Jamie apps and I say dedicated um, for Jamie apps and his Australian wrestling cards. And um well, Cards can fall in all sorts of ways. I'm going to talk about that a little before the end of the show. But um, first and foremost, I want to respond to a couple of messages that have come in. Uh, Kayleen has uh, messaged in to say, the talk about wrestling has inspired me to wrestle with my desire to stay in bed. Um, now, I'm not sure who gets the pinfall there or who puts the other in a sleeper hold on that one, Kayleen. It um, end up. Will it end up a no contest? I could go on forever. Um, On a more serious note, I do want to respond to the message that we had in earlier from um, Jenny um, on and says, and I quote, to quote Michael Cole, Any updates on this matter that appeared in The Age this week and refers to the situation of the Lesbian Action Group um, wanting to hold an event at the Pride Centre? And I think I will bring in content notes for this for... Um, what we would, on this show, consider transphobia. So the Lesbian Action Group um, wanted to uh, lawfully exclude trans women from a lesbians-born female event. Now, the report in The Age, um, of course, says that this has caused a heated rift. Um, well, there's a difference of opinion. Heated rift is a matter of opinion. Um And equality and inclusion advocates squaring off against women's rights groups. No, that's a generalisation. Is the first thing I'd say there. Some people who want that um, call that women's rights, and they maybe have the right to their opinion. But of course, um, many of the submissions in this um, to this um, um, after this call from the Australian Human Rights Commission. Um, said that it is a very small minority of women's rights groups, so this generalisation needs to be, in my opinion, called out. So Lesbian Action Group formed by veterans of the lesbian rights movement from the 1980s and 90s, um, you know, sort of um, wanted to, um, um, you know, sort of hold an event that um, would exclude um, various people and um, the application... Um, purports to seek an exemption excluding heterosexual, bisexual and queer women and men as well as gay men, it singles out trans women. And, um, you know, this would perpetuate discrimination against same-sex attracted trans women and bi-trans women, uh, to just take away from the quote for a second, in one of the few spaces which is intended to be safe and welcoming for all of, um, quote here, the LGBTIQ plus community, including, should have A in there, Um, The Victorian Pride Centre has declined the booking from LAG, um, saying um, that it's inconsistent with the Pride Centre's purpose. Um, Victorian Trades Hall Assistant Secretary Wilhelmina Strack, who's been a great ally of the trans community, um, because says the has been quite direct here. The Lesbian Action Group seeks to exclude transgender people from their events because they refuse to accept that transgender women are women. And this application seeks to exclude and discriminate against the most marginalized and discriminated against group of people in Victoria for no other reason other than the applicants like dislike transgender people. And for all the, the waffle, they say, oh, no, we don't hate transgender people. Well, you know, it's pretty hateful to deny someone's existence, deny their life experience, deny the pain that they go through, which... Many of these people do, and then they say, oh, but we don't want to hurt trans people. Well, this is exactly what you are doing, and it doesn't matter how you mean it, um, or that sort of thing. And the um, joint application, uh, joint response um, to the um, Australian Human Rights Commission call for submission says, quote, "Um, the granting of the exemption, in other words, to let Lesbian Action Group go ahead on that basis would set a radical precedent that would disrupt australia 's human rights framework, diminish our global standing as a leader on ending sex based discrimination and embolden those who had spread hate against transgender people. Um, the author of the application to have the exemption, Carol Ann from Lesbian Action Group, um, says denies the event is anti trans but says it was essential for the dignity and safety of lesbians who face psychological harassment on social media and physical threats. Well, no one's supporting that, but don't go around, um, you know, calling trans people rude names and harassing people on social media and tell people who agree with your views not to do it. Let's see that happen, um, would be my, um, response. The Victorian Women's Guild supports Lesbian Action Group, um, another, of, um, a similarish group, um, and, um lesbian is not not a sexual identity it's a sexuality well a bit of you know that's a matter of opinion um and and then the um anna kerr from the so-called feminist legal clinic in sydney um special um specializes in, in domestic violence cases well no one wants domestic violence by anyone on anyone Um, but then she goes on to say this application demonstrates how extreme trans activism is impacted on the rights of women's and girls. Well, where's your evidence? It's an opinion, but it's baseless. Um, and, um, so, um, it should be noted that the LGB Alliance, um, deemed a hate group, um, failed to get an exemption from Tasmania's Anti-Discrimination Act, um, because, um, the, um, there was no evidence and the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Commission, my words, was quite scathing of that attempt to um, deal with it. So, yeah, the update. Um, what's the broader implications of it all, I suppose, Jenny, is that um, I suppose there's a few things that uh, need to be considered that we are having, from the trans point of view, we are having to constantly pile up the sandbags against this flood of in my opinion, illogical, inaccurate information. I put in my own personal submission to this and acknowledged that no one should be abused by anyone, but you don't take out your pain on people who have done nothing to you. And I think this is what consistently keeps happening and going wrong um, in these debates, is that um, whether it's those who have genuinely been aggrieved um, through marginalisation and had... Um, been violated well yeah Um, as i say don't take that out on other people and you know this is what what's happening but you can't have in my opinion a sensible argument with people i i'm going to say huge content note here i had an interview on abc radio i still remember this nine years ago where i was in the melbourne studio and in the london studio i won't name this person was a well-known um you know sort of so-called radical feminist and the ABC presenter had to turn her mic down when I was talking. In fairness, turn mine down when I was talking, so we didn't talk over each other. And it was like having two separate interviews that were—you'd run a minute of each um, for twenty minutes. And at the end, the interviewer said, "Well, we're not getting anywhere here, are we?" Um, it was the most disjointed conversation I've ever had. You know, if I could be dry humored for a second, it was the old—you um, know, what's the time? Twenty-five degrees sort of um, approach. It was just impossible to communicate. And I think we just have to stand firm against this form of relatively extreme information, um, sort of a pro, um, opinion that is coming against trans people. And I think it's sad that people have been violated, but I do wonder a couple of other things whether those people who have been violated are being used by um, very extreme people who have no concern for any of LGBTIQA. And it's sad that people are emotionally blocked and i can understand why people wouldn't face their emotions but again don't take your stuff out on other people all right so i hope that um responds to you um jenny and um, if you've got any more thoughts let's see if we can squeeze them in in the last nine minutes of the show just going to do a couple of quick messages and then come back and talk about something personal which does relate to the show as it is happening in the last couple of months 3cr 855 am 3cr digital 3cr.org.au 3cr on demand out of the pan with sally
0: 3cr gives space to voices excluded from mainstream media to people who want to be heard
2: and to help keep 3cr on the air you need to donate and subscribe
0: call 9419 8377 or online at 3cr.org.au. Freedom
2: of Species is a show about animals, for animals, listened to by humans.
0: Tune in Sundays, 1pm.
1: 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Yes, Freedom of Species coming up um, in seven minutes time. If you are listening live, you can also, of course, check out On Demand and podcast for Freedom of Species as well. Today's show is all about vegan tradies, ethical living in the trades and industries. I just love that there's so many aspects to it all to consider so looking forward to that um, at one o'clock as I go off and prepare the podcast do want to talk about something personal um, here and I will say a oh, couple of um, other things just had a couple more messages in and I will say content note on this domestic violence and once again mention QLife including switchboard one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Kayleen has quite rightly pointed out trans women have been victims of domestic violence including from cis women Yes, as someone who's been sexually harassed by a cis woman, I can relate to that. Um, and Jenny said, um, "You know, sort of." Um, um, Jenny's put in a really good comment here. Um, thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Sally. It reminds me of recent comments by Jacinda Price denying denying colonialism by. Um, indigenous people as well That is their lived experience as well as highly offensive too You know, yeah um, Denial is often the first form of prejudice and discrimination As I said, deny the group exists Deny the numbers of the group Deny the extent of the problems Or deny it's a problem at all, etc, cetera, etc cetera. And until people unblock and, you know, communicate And remembering that involves listening um, Can't do much about it All right um, Very quickly I feel I need to communicate um to drop the fourth wall here um break kayfabe as they say in wrestling I have had a difficult time in the last four years in life where I've been very careful here's something that had been really good in my life ended um and um well since October 2021 have been I'll just say going through hell, I cannot say more, otherwise people with big shiny charcoal suits and power red ties will come and send rude letters to me in this station. Um, And it's been a very difficult time, and unfortunately some things happened in July and August in my life that made life more stressful. Um, And I'm going to say that I don't believe this program was up to standard in July and August, um, and it just wasn't happening, which is why... I'm trying to get some momentum going back and maybe wrestling isn't everything about the queer community. And I'm trying to find, I'll put the call out if there are, you know, people who are queer and love wrestling or who are in wrestling, whether it's in ring or behind the scenes, love to get them on the show and chat to them. But I'm just trying to get some momentum back. So um, it's why I'm the, perhaps some of the issues that I have normally covered are not being there. But I have to be really honest, I've unfortunately, because of the difficult experience I went through, lost some of my passion for queer involvement. And that's been very difficult, particularly trans involvement is all I can really say. And that's been a very difficult thing. But what since April has revived me is I just decided I would do something that made me happy as, um, and I had always dreamt or even fantasised might be a better word of, being an interviewer, ring announcer, commentator in professional wrestling, and I've got to give thanks to the fabulous Relentless School of Pro Wrestling out in Melton who are helping me, as they say, live the dream, and in a few weeks' time on Friday the 6th of October we'll debut as ring announcer at their showcase, and I've found a huge amount of support just as a person um, in the wrestling community in Melbourne. It's turned my life around. I don't know where I would be without it and i just you know i'm trying just want to give something back i suppose i do feel i needed to communicate that to our listeners i'm hoping to get an openly pan wrestler on the show in the next couple of weeks just as before we end celebrate bisexuality month which would be very cool as well um so that would be a hot tag I'll take it out there. Um, thank you for your understanding. Um, thank you for those who keep listening, um, even if the show, in, as I say, in my honest opinion, hasn't, wasn't as good as it could have been throughout July and August. Thanks also to the 3CR staff and queer presenters who have been incredibly supportive as well and giving me um, ideas on how to deal with that. So really appreciated. Thanks for your understanding. Take it out today, um, but only because it went for three minutes and 16 seconds, although I'm not going to quite fit it all in my, uh, now with Bret Hart's theme. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.